reality. We need God all the time. But sometimes it's not until things get bad that we realize, oh my gosh, God, you need to help me. When things are going good, we're like, I can take it from here. (laughs) But as much as we need him in the most difficult times, we still need him the same in the most easy, enjoyable times. And you know, it's amazing about God because if somebody would only call on me if things were bad, I might want to have an attitude. Like, really? You're coming? What about when you celebrated? Where, where was my invitation? <laughs> but God's not that way. You know, if we don't seek him and, and, and involve him in our lives in the good times, and we go to him in those really difficult times, God's going to be like, come on. I love you. I'm going to help you. But you know, our lives would be so much richer, so much fuller if we shared not only the challenging times that we know he can take care of, but the wonderful times that he brought into our lives. Amen? God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, before you're seated, you can wave to somebody, wave to the camera and the folks at home, and you can be seated. I just want to thank you for joining us here in the sanctuary. Those of you that are online, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, I, I also want to thank everybody for their prayers as uh, Debbie and I have been going through this battle, um, uh, and, and I've learned a lot through it, but uh, the kindness of God through God's people is just wonderful, so thank you so much, and you know, I have a new appreciation for what it's like to be online for whatever reason. Somebody may not be in the area or may not be able to attend. And so I was doing that when I was uh, going through uh, the quarantine and things like that. Um, I would get online and watch. And you guys up there, you do a great job. Thank you so much for all you do. And those of us that are online, we don't experience the 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 welcome that we get when we come in the parking lot and the greeters and the ushers and uh, everybody else. But uh, uh, the people here do a great job. And we, we really, really need to uh, appreciate them. You know, Gabe and, and uh, Shelby uh, do a great job. The children's ministry, the youth ministry. Um, Life Care Leaders, Journey of Recovery. Uh, There is so much that God has made available to us to bring blessing and goodness into our lives. And and sometimes it's easy to overlook it, but, you know, I would encourage you to make a point to appreciate those people that are doing so much to make this what it is. Um, As I was was watching online, I mean, it it was a difficult thing. I fortunately didn't have, uh, when I got COVID, I didn't have all the symptoms everybody else has had. Uh, Mine was pretty mild, no trouble breathing, but I was beat. I was just so tired. I spent the first week uh, pretty much sleeping and praying. And and in the first week, uh, I, I, after uh, experiencing these symptoms, I 
I got online to watch the Sunday morning, and Judy was there, and she got up, and she spoke about waiting, and I thought, that's all I can do right now. <laughs> but it was, I, weren't you blessed by the messages that God brought through Judy? I'm telling you, thank you so much. Very gifted, very anointed, um, so insightful and encouraging, and, 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 and wanting us to step into the things God has. And then Jeremy. You know, Jeremy had a great message on waiting. And Jeremy said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of the tail end of it. We've had two good messages from Judy and I'm the tail end of waiting. And I told him this morning when he was sitting in the second row, I said, you were wrong, I am. Because while I was, I was it started before, but during the week that I'm, pretty much all I did was sleep. And, and that was it. Uh, and pray. And when I wasn't sleeping, I was praying and just listening for God. And, and he began uh, making some things clear that he had started a little while before that. And I'm going to, I needed to hear it because uh, this time of year can get crazy. You know, I was thinking about that and how from Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, because we're preparing for Thanksgiving. And Many times we have a lot of things to prepare for for Thanksgiving. We're, we're uh, you know, getting, getting the groceries so that we can have that big meal with family and friends. And, and uh, then it keeps going. You know, we've got to get ready for Christmas and then New Year's. And then somewhere in January it kind of tapers off. We kind of recover. At least I do. Uh, but between the week before Thanksgiving till after the first of the year, it's just, why didn't somebody spread these out? <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging for me. I think it's challenging for us as Christians because um, there's a lot to do. You know, um, Christmas is just a couple days away. How many are prepared? Good for you. Some of you are like, I don't want everybody to hate me, so I'm not going to raise my hand. No, I, you know, it almost seems like we're, I, I'm preparing all the way up to the moment and, and just pressing to get things done. And even more so when, when our boys were young and, and we had all these toys we had to put together and uh, couldn't do it when they were up, so we had to find the time to do it. And, and it was just, it was, it was busy. Now... We, we prepare for family or friends to come in. We prepare food, um, decorate. We have presents. Oh, yeah, one thing that happened during COVID, I lost my smell of, my sense of smell and taste. So uh, I was, I'm really believing for a Christmas miracle that this will come back. Because <laughs> did I mention we prepare food for Christmas? <laughs> um, the good thing was I've lost the weight that I wanted to lose but hadn't lost before. So, you know, there is something that comes, comes out of it that's good. But we get crazy busy. And this message that I'm going to share with you goes right along with what Judy has shared and, and Jeremy has shared. And I believe I needed to hear this. And I believe that we need to hear this because as time goes on, we're, we become more and more challenged by the world around us that has an influence on us 
And yet we need to be in the world but not of the world and, and realizing that we're different. We're not better. We're just different. And we're trying to walk out this life with God who makes our lives better. Um, but this morning, uh, I just want to pray and just invite God to speak to all our hearts, those of you here, those of you that are online, because we need to hear from him. You don't need to hear from me. I'm going to say a lot of things today. Some of it will be for you. Some of it won't. But you need to hear from, from God, from Holy Spirit, and receive what he has so you can take it with you and build it into your life so that you can be who God has for you to be and do what God has for you to do. So, Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your plan. I thank you for your power and your peace you have available for all of us. I thank you, Father, today for the honor and privilege to be able to address your church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I ask you to use me to speak what you have for me to speak the way you want it spoken. And Father, I pray for the ears and the hearts of your people that they would hear what you have specifically for them, that our lives would be transformed. And that, Father, in the process of this happening, Holy Spirit would, would guide us into all truth. That there would be healings, there would be wisdom and, and understanding that's given. That there would be life and freedom in you. That you would redeem and rescue from loss. That you would comfort and encourage those that need that today. Father, we pray for you to have your way in our lives, in this place, and for all that are watching. And we thank you for the good work that you've begun in us because you're at work in us to will and to do your good pleasure because your plan, ways, and purpose are best and help us to, to walk in them. We thank you, Father, for all this. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. You know, just coming here this morning is... is a decision, or tuning in online is a decision whether you're going to take the time in a time crunch season of, of our year, take the time to carve out, to give God an opportunity to use you, because when you come here, you know, you interact with each other. What we get here isn't just from here, it's from here. It's from all of us. Every, the Bible says every joint supplies. And you may think, well, God, God doesn't, I'm not, I'm not speaking. You speak to people if you choose to, and you can encourage them, and you may be the very instrument of God that causes that person's life to change in that moment. They may never hear anything else, but if they hear from God, and God's using you, you can change a life. And that's what God has for all of us. And it's, it's challenging in this time, because Christmas, we are just running. Well, I shouldn't say that. I am just, you know running. But I don't do half as much as what my wife does. And you'll notice Debbie isn't here because of, of what happened with us. Uh, we weren't able to go on our, our uh, on my vacation, our vacation to 
be with family at Thanksgiving. So she got on a plane Monday, and she's down with the grandkids and having a great time. Hi, honey. Um, but she's having a great time. She'll be back tomorrow, and, and uh, we're going to celebrate Christmas with our youngest son and his wife and our granddaughter. So we're, we're kind of preparing for that. But, you know, Christmas is a busy time. It's, it's, it's a wonderful time. There's so much to do, uh, so many options. But what is, and I'm, I'm going to ask for a response in a minute, but what's Christmas all about? You know, it all depends on who you ask. You'll get all sorts of answers. And, and so as Christians, I'm asking you, what's Christmas about? Jesus. About the birth of Jesus, right? But have you noticed that, and this has been going on for a while, um, things have changed where people don't say Merry Christmas as often as they used to. What do they say? And the reason why is not a bad reason. It's to be inclusive, not to ignore what other people are doing. You know, Hanukkah is, is at this time of year and Kwanzaa and all sorts of things. But I want you to know, Christmas is what, as a Christian, we focus on and we celebrate. And it's not to be belligerent or aggressive or correcting anybody else. I I. I I accept the fact that people will say, Merry Christmas, Merry Xmas, Happy Holidays. Okay, that's fine. And not in a reactionary way. It happened just the other day. I was, I was walking out of a place, and, and the person that was uh, part of that business said, uh, Happy Holidays. I said, Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Just like that. Not trying to correct them. They were wishing me something, and I with very low stress, was able to let them know where I was located because this is about Christ. It's about the birth of Jesus, right? Isn't that what Christmas is about? We're celebrating in a couple of days. It's the birth of Jesus. So that makes it what? A birthday celebration, right? And, and so, I'm going to need your help this morning with this. When, when there's a birthday celebration, uh, let's see, who will I pick on? Let's say it's Cedric's birthday. <laughs> now, he's sitting next to his beautiful mom, Kitty. But Cedric, it's your birthday. It's your day. If it's Cedric's birthday, what would we do to celebrate Cedric's birthday? Ah, we get a cake, okay. We'd obviously, we'd want to probably gather together. Would there be any decorations? Would we sing songs? Oh, presents, thank you. So, gosh, that sounds like what we do for Christmas. That's good because it's a birthday celebration. But when, when we celebrate Cedric's birthday, we're all going to wait for Cedric to come in. And when Cedric comes in, what are we going to do? Happy. Let's try that. Cedric walks in. It's his birthday. What do we do? Happy birthday, Cedric. Cedric's like, you never did this for my birthday before. Uh, and, and so, you know, people aren't going to be just talking to each other. Cedric walks in and, and 
you know, he sits down and we're like, hey, Seth, good to see you. We're going we're gonna to be focused on him. Cedric, we're going to put him in the place of honor. We're going to ask him, is there anything we can get for you? Would you, li- would you like a cup of punch or uh, would you like a snack? We've got all sorts of food. And then, then we'll bring the cake and we'll sing happy birthday. And then what's usually coming after the, the cake and happy birthday? Yeah, open the presents. Who do we give the presents to? Cedric, right. And we watch him open the presents, and, and we're hoping when he opens our present, he's like, oh, that's awesome. I've been waiting to get one of these. <laughs> Instead of seeing, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you. We get excited about the presents we're giving to Cedric, the birthday boy, or, you know, the birthday girl, whoever it is. It sounds a lot like Christmas. in what we do, but not the way we do it. <clears throat> and you know, this morning, we're, we're rapidly moving towards Christmas Day. And our greeting is Merry Christmas. God wants us to have a great Christmas. God wants us to have the most wonderful Christmas, no matter what you've gone through this year. God can make it the best Christmas. And, and yet, there are a lot of things that we're challenged by at this time of year. Do you know this year is the time of year that people feel the loneliest? That people are struggling? Because not everything's going well. And, and I understand that. But I also understand that with God, as a Christian, no matter how things are going, God is the God of all hope. And that hope is a confident expectation of good. And and God wants us, even in the midst of the challenges that we're going through, to know that we're not going through it alone. And, And that he's there and he cares. He's able to do much more than any of us can do. And he will always do the best for us. And if it's not looking like the best, then we have to hold on. And know that he's not done. But he wants us to be able to celebrate this Christmas, but not get caught up with all the things that we get caught up with. And, and not bad things. Is, is gathering family around and eating a great meal a bad thing? No. Is giving gifts a bad thing? No. No. Is decorating to celebrate a bad thing? No. All of it's good. But there's a difference between good and best. And God always wants his kids to have the best. You know, as, as a parent, we always wanted to get the best gifts we could get our kids. We couldn't always get them what they wanted at the time. But we could get them things that we could do the best for. We tried to get them what they wanted all the time. But it didn't always work out. But God is the one who can give us the best all the time, no matter what. And God wants us to experience the best this Christmas. But just like we saw with Cedric and celebrating his birthday, Christmas is a birthday celebration. And yet we've kind of gotten off track. We've kind of fallen prey and been influenced by the world that we live in that is so commercialized. And 
we're missing the best. And so we don't celebrate Jesus' birth, the birthday boy, like we would have celebrated Sever. Because at Christmas, who do we give presents to? Each other. And, and you know, some people, they, they do have a cake for Jesus. They do sing to Jesus. And, but you know what God wants? Above all things, there's one thing. One thing that God wants for Christmas that he's always wanted. And that's you. He just wants you. And you know, it's something that we all have the ability to give him. It would be one thing if God said, I want a million dollars. Well, I'd be out of luck. But God doesn't want the stuff of the world. God wants the only thing that we have the complete control over giving, and that's us. And with what we've heard from God through Judy and Jeremy, I want to share today about the importance of waiting at Christmas. And when we look at the Christmas story, what, what gospel do we usually go to for the most comprehensive story of Christmas? Luke, right. We go to Luke chapter 1 and uh, chapter 2, and today we're going to Luke, but we're not going to chapter 1 or 2. We're going to go to a chapter that's further on in the gospel of Luke. Luke was a doctor. He was very meticulous in what he, he wrote and what he observed and and how he understood things. But we're going to go all the way to chapter 10. And if we had gone there first, uh, all of us would have said, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with this, but this has got nothing to do with Christmas. But the principles here are very, very much connected with Christmas. And if we're going to have a Merry Christmas the way God wants us to, we're going to have to learn from Mary. Just like Jeremy. Jeremy shared what Mary had, had sung and said and, and we learn from Mary, but today we're going to learn from Mary because Mary is a key person in learning how to approach and go through Christmas. But it's not Mary, Jesus' mother. It's another Mary. So if, if you have something, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start out in verse 38. We're just going to look at a few verses. Um, and let me set this up. Jesus is coming into a town uh, where some really good friends of his are. Uh, this is... Do you remember Lazarus? Jesus raised him from the dead, and, and he said he's a good friend. Uh, and his, he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus is coming to uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house. And uh, understand that in this time, Jesus wasn't the most popular. He had a big following, but he also had big opposition. So to have Jesus in your house, you had to be courageous because you were being associated with him. So Mary was, or Martha was courageous to have Jesus come in. But also, did Jesus usually travel alone? No, no. Uh, there was always crowds, but he usually had the disciples. And, and the grouping of disciples, it was, it was, there were various kind of connected groups of the disciples. They were all together, but... There were the three, Peter, James, and John, that went up to the mountain with Jesus. Remember that? And then there were the 12. And then there were the 70 that he sent out. And then there were the 120. We don't know. We don't know how many people were coming to Martha's house. But it wasn't just Jesus. So Martha was preparing for Jesus and whoever. 
and it could have been a massive amount of people, and yet she wanted to do her, her best job. If this Christmas Jesus were coming to your house physically, he was going to walk through your door, he was going to sit in your, on your couch, he was going to eat at your table, what would you do? You know, just adding to our stress, right? Want everything to be perfect. Uh, but Mary's deal, or Martha's dealing with this. Jesus is coming, and she wants it the best because he's God. We always want to give God our best because we know God gives us his best. And so it says, now it happened as they went, they entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him in her house. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So Jesus comes, walks in the house, and all of a sudden, Martha approaches Jesus. She welcomes him. Jesus, I'm glad you're here. Have a seat. We'll get you some coffee. We'll get you some tea. We'll get you some, some uh, punch. Uh, we've got some little hors d'oeuvres for you. Main meal is coming. Hang on. And, and goes back to doing what she's doing. And she's got help. And, and who's her help? Her sister. But what's her sister done? Abandoned her. You know, some of you, some of you know that. In our house, the person who is the busiest, uh, the most stretched is my wife, Debbie. She does so much. And she does such a great job uh, decorating and cooking. And, and uh, I help with cleaning sometimes. Hi, honey. I'll clean the house before you're home. Um, but I don't wrap presents, I bag presents, because that's what I do. Debbie wraps presents and, and does a great job. But most of the burden is on her. And it was that way, it seems, with Martha. Martha was doing all this stuff, and she had some help, but all of a sudden her help was gone. And, and when that happens, you're like, where'd you go? Come on, we're not done. And so she goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, you need to tell my sister to come back and help me. Now, she's getting Jesus involved in this. And Jesus' response is, you're worried and troubled about many things. Christmas time is not only a time of joy and peace on earth and goodwill to men. It's a time of being worried and troubled and stressed and things like that because of, of how we approach it, of what's going on. It's just part of our culture these days. And God wants you to have the best Christmas. And the best Christmas doesn't always mean all these gifts and all these other things. There's something that will bring us what God intended for us to have the best Christmas, no matter what. But Martha was distracted because she was so busy. I can relate to that. I'm sure all of us can relate to that. That because of all the preparation, all we're doing to make everything just the best it can be, 
we're distracted with much serving, we're worried, and we're troubled about many things. And, and Jesus is saying to her, Martha, this is what's going on. And, and I believe God is helping open our eyes and our insight to understand that sometimes we're getting too busy. We're getting too overwhelmed. We're getting worried and, and stressed and troubled. And it's robbing us of what God intended for this celebration to be. Because God wants this. The declaration by the angels was, we bring you good news of great joy. But do you see a lot of people with great joy at this time? I, I think we all struggle with that at times because we're so, so distracted by our serving so troubled and worried. And God doesn't want you troubled. God doesn't want you worried. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. And God doesn't want you distracted, but the enemy does. Because once we get distracted from God, we lose sight of God. And we lose what God, we, we don't lose it, but we don't, we aren't as aware of what God has made available to us. And we try and fill whatever void or whatever need we have with what we can do or what others can do. And they can't, all the people together can't do what God can do. And so he tells Mar Martha, you, you, you need to change. But listen, when he says Martha, Martha, saying her name twice in that culture at that time was an indication of real care and concern, a real love for her. So he's telling her this, but he's telling her, in a loving way, not to rebuke her, but realign her. And then he goes on to tell us in the next, next verse what, what needs to happen. And in verse 42, he immediately says, only one thing is important. Wouldn't you like that to be the case at this time of year? One thing? Just have to do one thing. Well, maybe you wouldn't, I would. You know, there are so many things because so many things keep creeping up to be the most important thing. I'm doing one thing and then I think, oh my gosh, I got to do something else. But with all that I do, it's, it's minimal compared to what Debbie does. And yet I watch Debbie and I've learned from Debbie. No, I've watched Debbie and I've learned what she does, but I've not always done what she's done. And this, this, this hit me when I was reading this, laying in bed and studying this out, it hit me and God was saying to me, you know what? I want you to have a Merry Christmas. But I don't want you to do it the way you've always done it. You can do all the things you want to do, all the decorations, all the preparations, all the gifts, all that. But I want you to do the best thing. And I've known this. You know, that's the thing that's so deceptive is that we know a lot of stuff, but we're not always doing everything we know. And just like Jesus spoke to Martha, he, the, the Spirit of God convicted me that there needed to be an adjustment. And I'm sharing that with you because I believe that maybe some of us here need this too. But Jesus said to Martha, only one thing is important. Mary has made the right choice and it will never be taken away from her. Wow. What, what, what an amazing 
insight and truth. One thing is important. This is the most important thing. This is the most beneficial thing. This is the best thing. Mary, your sister, has chosen it. And, and what did he say about the choice she made? How long would it affect her? Forever. That's kind of a long time. It'll never be taken from her. Now, think about this. We get done with Christmas. And, and I remember being so discouraged and, and distraught just the afternoon of Christmas. And you might say, well, why were you that? Because as a dad, putting these toys together, it was crazy hard. And then I finally looked at the directions like we guys do. <laughs> made, it, made it so much easier. But got them together, and by noon, some of them were broken. And I was like, why did we do this? <laughs> but, but they were short-lived. Now, some things go on a little longer. You know, you, you, you and I, we have some of those Christmas presents in our drawers. And the food. I'm still wearing food from Christmas's past. But really, in, in reality, how long does the stuff of Christmas last? It's, it's, it's temporary. But Jesus said to Martha, one thing is important, this will last forever. It'll affect you forever. I think if that's the case, we ought to consider with Christmas that we not forego the most important thing. And, and I was, and I think some people do. And he said, Mary chose it. So it was a choice. Mary chose it, but what was her choice? In verse 39, we see her choice. And this is where this lines up with what God has been speaking to us in this time. Around Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. That seems so busy, so, so hectic, so involved. And God's helping us understand this is, this is the most important. This is the best. This will last forever. And this is what Mary did. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now remember, Martha, Jesus comes in, Martha greets him, and then uh, all of a sudden Martha's back at Jesus saying, Jesus, you got to tell Mary to come back and help me because I need help. If I'm going to take care of you and everybody else, I need help. Now, is what Martha doing bad? No. All the preparation was good. It was necessary. Even though, remember who she's doing this for, right? Jesus. Wasn't Jesus the one that took some little fish, sardines, and a couple of crackers and fed thousands? If Jesus wanted a big spread, he could have had a big spread. He could have done it without Martha's help. But she was doing what was important to her because she wanted to bless him, but he said, that's not the bl best blessing I could have from you. Mary's chosen the best blessing. That when Jesus sat down and he started to talk, Mary, Mary probably didn't even say anything to Martha. She just heard him begin to speak. 
and she went and sat at his feet to listen to his words. All the food in the world cannot fill us like God's word does, like time with God does. The Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And yet we do all sorts of things to supplement that, and we need to spend time, especially in this time. If we're going to go out in the world that's, that's just hectic and unhappy, there, I don't see a lot of joy out there in people that are shopping. Do you? I don't see a whole lot of peace, and yet that was the declaration. I bring you good news of great joy Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Is that really what's being enacted at Christmas time? It looks like it's just the opposite. And yet we as Christians who know what Christmas is about, it's about Jesus' birthday. It's about the birthday boy. And we need to give the birthday boy the honor that he deserves and the place that he deserves instead of doing all the things like Martha. Martha was distracted with serving. She was worried and troubled. Sounds like us. And yet Mary did the one thing that was important, the best thing, and it would never be taken away. And what she did was she, she stepped aside for a minute, sat at Jesus' feet, and listened to his word. Spent time with Jesus. In our case, spent time with the birthday boy. Isn't that what we want when a birthday celebration is going on? Somewhere along the line, we just want some one-on-one -on -one time with the birthday boy or birthday girl. We want to be able to tell them how much we appreciate them, how much we love them, how glad we are that they're with us. And that's, that's the waiting, the waiting that we've been hearing. I don't believe it's by accident that God's been speaking to this. Maybe it was just what I needed to hear. And I was flat on my back to hear it. And I could do nothing but wait. And, and yet, it's so easy to get back into the rat race. But the rats are winning. We need to be people that are walking with God in the midst of all the stuff that's going on. And at this time of year, there are more opportunities to minister to people because they're more stressed. They, they have an idea that this is Christmas, but they have no idea what it's really about. And people, people need to be loved on. They need to be encouraged. They need to be cared for. And one of the things that happens is we're around people that don't have the peace of God, don't have the joy of the Lord. And you can be in a line with somebody who is just overwhelmed. And take a moment and just say, hey, they're just standing next to you. Just had a thought. Are you doing okay? Can I pray for anything for you? Now, I know in that, in just that statement, you could get a negative reaction, right? But you could also get an opportunity. I, I, 
And it's not because I'm a pastor. I all the time ask, as I'm prompted by God, to ask people, is is there anything I can be praying for you for? You would not believe the times that people will open up and, and share with me. I mean, things that are like, really? You don't even know me. So that I can pray for them. And they don't know I'm a pastor. All they know is I'm a guy that looks kind of scary, I guess. That's what I get told. And then when you pray for them, and some of them, not now, but you can pray for me. Pray for me when you get out in your car. Okay, I'll pray for you then. But just the fact that somebody cared. Why did God send Jesus? Yeah, but because he cared. He so loved us. If we love other people, we're going to care about them. But we can't care about them unless we have been cared for by God. We can't give them peace or joy unless we've received the peace or joy from God. And it's so easy to get caught up in all these things. But we need to do what Mary has done. She chose the most important thing, the best thing, to sit at Jesus' feet, hear his word. And with all the plans that we've made, how many of us have really planned to take some time when the, the height of the celebration, Christmas Day is here, to just step aside, to step to be with Jesus? Because in our house, it's always great. We always enjoy who's ever there, watching the presents get open, having a great meal, um, usually watching some football. And, and yet, there's people around all the time. But one of the things that I love the most about Christmas Day, and, and my wife knows this about every day, is the time I get to spend with her. And when it's all said and done and everything's done and unwrapped and eaten and cleaned up, there's a moment in time where I have with Debbie and I can look at her and see the greatest gift God's given me outside of salvation and tell her how much I love her how thankful I am for her. How my life has been changed because of her. And yet, that's what we need to do with God. Debbie's changed my life, but not as much as God has. Debbie's loved me, but not as much as God has. Debbie has done great things for me, but not as much as God has. And I would be in error if I took the time to do all the things that I do for Christmas and appreciate and love on and care for and give gifts to and fellowship with all these people that I love so much and not do it to the one that I love more than all, but I don't show him that. And and so for us to, like Judy, like Jeremy, we come to that place like Mary, 
come to that place of waiting on God, just spending some moments with God to tell him this. Because there are such benefits. I mean, it's so great that we have the privilege and opportunity to be able to be intimate with God. God wanted to make that available to us so much so that nothing could interrupt or intervene because he came to live in us. But we need to make use of that. We, we need to allow the benefit of that to be real, especially at Christmas. It should be every day. But the benefit of waiting, and remember Judy's example, remember the, those of you that were here or online, the rope that was intertwined, it was braided, and that made it stronger. Well, we're supposed to be intertwined with God all the time because we don't have the strength to endure in this world on our own. But with God, we can, we can do it. And not just endure, not just survive, we thrive and overcome because we're intertwined with God. But the benefits of waiting on God, I'm just going to share some. It's not an exhaustive list. There are just a few more scriptures I'm going to share with you this morning. But the first one comes from kind of a book that a lot of people don't read, but it's Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 25 in the ERV, uh, easy-to-read version. It says this, the Lord is what? Good to those who wait for him. He is good to those who look for him. Now, when we're talking about the Lord, is his good like our good? Whose good is better? Whose good is the best? His, God. And this is where we see, this is one of the reasons why the enemy gets us so busy, so troubled, so, so distracted with all the serving and not taking time with God. Because I don't know about you, for, but for me, I fell into the deception of activity is productivity. And that's not true. Sometimes the most productive thing we can do is just be still with God. The Bible tells us, be still and know I'm God. When we spend that time waiting on God, being still with God, yeah, we can pour out our heart to God. He wants to hear from you. But the other thing he wants to do is he wants to encourage you. And you might say, well, I've never heard God. I'm not saying you're going to hear an audible voice, but I'm going to tell you the Bible says that you, his sheep, know the voice of the good shepherd. And, and he's going to encourage you. And we need that because if we're going to encourage anybody else, we have to be encouraged. But his good is the best. Be still and know I'm God. When you know who God is, it doesn't matter what you face. You don't have to worry because you know who God is. You know he's your daddy. You know he is the one that fights for you. He contends with those things that contend with you. He perfects those things that concern you. You don't ever face anything alone. When you know God, you know that you have a victory. You know that he is causing you to be overwhelmingly more than a conqueror. Not that you're going to go around something, but though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because he's with you. How do you get to know anybody? You spend time with him. 
That's what waiting is about, being intertwined with God. You get to know him. You know that he knows about you because you've shared all that with him. He knows it anyways, but he wants you to share with him. But God is good to those who wait. Psalm 27, verse 14 in the Passion Translation says this. Be entwined as one with the Lord. That's waiting. Be entwined. Yes, keep waiting, for he will never what? Disappoint you? I don't know who is ever, if anybody has ever promised they'll never disappoint you, but they can't fulfill that promise. There's only one that can fulfill that promise, and that's God. And he said, if we'll wait on him, he'll never disappoint us. If we'll be entwined with him, he'll never disappoint us. Now listen, circumstances may disappoint you. People may disappoint you. But when God has his way, you'll never be disappointed with God. Because God's way is best. And if you don't see what God has promised, he is not finished. And we need to wait. The Bible says that through faith and patience we inherit the promise. Patience. Isn't that a kind of waiting? And we love to do that so much, don't we? Especially at this time of the year. Proverbs 20, verse 22, in the easy-to-read version, says this. Wait for the Lord. He will... Oh, we're so excited about that. I tell you, when I read this, I was like, yes! Because there are a lot of things I want right in my life that aren't right right now. Right? He'll make things right, but his right, what is his right like? It's the best. It's life-giving. It imparts life to us and strength and peace and joy, a confidence, hope. If we'll wait, he'll make things right. But I tend to want to get ahead of him and do things that I can do to try and show him I'm, I'm, I'm on the job, God. And you know what? He wants our participation, but he doesn't want us going rogue. And the only way we're going to stay on track is, is waiting with him and walking with him. And then the one that, that is so well known, but this is going to be in a little bit different translation. Um, you know the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. That's Isaiah 40. But I want to read it today in the Passion Translation. It says this. But those who wait, and it says for uh, Jehovah, will experience divine strength. Every one of us, we have a degree of strength. And that was one of the things that I found during this, this bout with COVID was I lost strength. Now I'm gaining it back. But no matter how much strength I gain back, I'll never be as strong as God. And yet, He'll impart His strength to you, to me, if we'll choose to take a moment that seems almost non-productive, because, you know, what's happening when we're waiting? But more than we can comprehend is happening. God is 
imparting to us things that we won't get any other way. Until we seek him diligently with our whole heart, we're not going to find all the things that we need. It says, then they will rise up and soar on soaring wings and fly like eagles. They'll run their race. You'll run the race God has for you without growing weary. Wouldn't that be great? And then look what it says. And walk through life without giving up. I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted to give up. Now, that's because the enemy is trying to derail you and me. But this says if I'll wait, if I'll spend the time with God, if I'll be entwined with God, that I'll walk through life without giving up. I'll run the race he has for me without growing weary. I'll experience divine strength. Those all seem pretty good to me. But how? How do I get it? I do what it says in, in what Jesus said in, in verse uh, 42 to, to Martha. He talked about Mary. He said only one thing is important. Mary has made the right choice. It'll never be taken from her. And what did she do? She sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his word. I'm encouraging you. If you don't do it before, do it Christmas Day. But make Christmas Day a new start. To sit with Jesus, to sit with God, to sit with Holy Spirit. Be entwined with them. Take your Bible. Pray, pour out your heart. But listen, because how many conversations have you enjoyed when somebody came over, just talked, 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 and walked away? God has encouragement for you and instruction and will give wisdom that only he has as we wait on him. God wants you to have a very, very, very Christmas, not M-E-R-R-Y, M-A-R-Y. And if we would practice what Mary has practiced, what she's done, and we do it Christmas, and then the day after Christmas, and the day after the day after Christmas, and the day after the day after the day after Christmas, and the day after the day after the day after the day after, you get my drift? We need to do this every day. Amen? Because this is... This is really why Jesus came. Jesus came to reveal who God was. He was so entwined with God the Father. When the disciples said, show us the Father, Jesus said, what? You didn't even realize it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because he was so connected, so entwined. He always waited. I always do those things that please my Father. I always do those things that my Father says. And Jesus didn't do it because... He was God. He did it as a man that was also God, but he did it by the Spirit of God that was in him, the same Spirit that's in you. I'd just like you to bow your heads right now. You know, there's, a, there's, there's so much to be done, and yet if we do all the things that we normally do for Christmas and we don't spend time with Christ, how good a Christmas can we really have? Because 
Christ is the reason for Christmas. And so, if you're here or you're online and, and maybe you've never, never realized you could have a relationship with the Lord, with the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that we celebrate his birthday just a few days from today, you can have a relationship with him. He's real. He's alive. He's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But he sent his spirit. He said to his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another one just like me. And sent his spirit. But his spirit can't be received by anyone who hasn't received Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today. And we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer together. And I'm going to ask you to pray this from your heart. And as you do, the Bible says that the forgiveness of God will wipe away your sin. And you'll experience a cleansing. You'll become this new creation in Christ. The Spirit of God will come to dwell in you. To be ever with you. To guide you to govern you, to guard you and empower you in this, this fallen world. So let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came into the world, died on the cross to bring forgiveness for my sin. Today, Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn to you to trust in you as my Lord and Savior, I receive your forgiveness for my sins and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Today, I'm new in you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Excuse me. If you prayed that prayer here, let somebody know before you leave. If you prayed online, please let us know. Go to our website, reslifeny.org. Scroll down to the prayer request. Let us know that you prayed if, because we want to pray for you. If you want us to pray for you by name, give us your name. If you want us to contact you, give us some contact information, and we'll try to get with you this week. You know, Christmas is, is a very special time, but for me personally, Christmas Eve is a time where my life changed radically. And it's because years ago, we were visiting my parents. I don't know if we lived. I think we were living in California. No, it had to be Mississippi. And we returned here to uh, have Christmas with my parents. And Christmas Eve, my parents got together with a group of people. And one of the people that was there was um, <coughs> Peter. And I can't remember Peter's last name. Pulio, thank you. Uh, Peter Pulio was there. And I was talking to P Peter Pulio. And I asked him to pray for me, to be filled with the Spirit. And on Christmas Eve, years ago, on a street, Beach Street, in a little house, I was filled with the Spirit of God. And my life changed radically. And I know that that's not just something 
that God has for me. God wants all of us full of him, especially at this time, because so many people are looking at so many things and missing the true spirit of Christmas. And you carry the spirit of God. You could say the spirit of Christmas in you. Amen. Would you stand? I hope to see you on Christmas Eve. If not, you can tune in. And if not, have a great Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Um, I just want to, before we dismiss and I pray and dismiss, I, I just want to encourage you. New Year's coming. And one of the things that historically Christians do, I've done it is get online and find out what are the prophecies, what are people prophesying and saying about 2022. And it's okay to do that, but don't do that first. And be sure of who you're listening to. Because there are all sorts of people, and one of the things that are, is a key example and, and what Jesus cites in the last days, it says there will be many false prophets. And there are a lot of things that have been prophesied that haven't come to pass. And we are not to be led. New Testament Christians are not supposed to be led by prophecy. Prophecy is for encouragement uh, and exhortation. But it's not for leading us. The only thing that God says to us as Christians, New Testament Christians, we're to be led by. It tells us to be led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God reminds us of the Word of God. Now, I'm not against prophets or prophecy, but I am against us seeking that first before we seek God for ourselves. It's just like I'm not against doctors and, and medication and things like that, but I'm not going to seek them out first. I'm going to seek God first. And then I've gone, and I still go to many doctors, but I always seek God before I go. And that's where we need to do that. And I will tell you a week from today, I'm going to be sharing a scripture that I believe was what God has put on my heart for me, for this congregation. And, and please realize, you, you may hear from all sorts of prophets, but they may be speaking something specific to a group, not necessarily to all of us. The Bible says we're, we're to judge prophecy. Not in a condemning way, but is what's said come to pass. If it hasn't, then, you know, consider. Consider the fact that God made it available to you and me to be led by his spirit. The first resource we have. Not somebody else out there, not somebody right here. The first resource you have is the spirit of God. But he'll always remind you of the word of God. Amen? I just want to pray for you. I pray for you at home. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one of your children. Father, with all the, the things that we so want to do to celebrate the birth of your son that are beneficial to so many, Father, help us not leave out spending time with you. Help us to serve in a way that we're not distracted. Celebrate in a way that we are enjoying one another and all you've given us. But Father, help us to to plan with all our planning for all the other things. Plan to have time with you. Let it begin, Father, 
Christmas and let it be in place every day. So that, Father, just as you sent your son to be born, that we celebrate Christmas Day, but that birth was to impact our lives every day. Father, let our time with you be part of our everyday lives. We thank you, Father, for this. I thank you that you go ahead of your people and prepare their way, that you're their rear guard, that you uphold them with your right hand of righteousness and you cover them with your love, with your joy and peace, that we celebrate it this season, but we have it every day because we are with you and you are with us. We thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, have a great Christmas.